This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Paul Bruno here with Andrew Fiorentino, and we are the great ones. Today is March 17, 2016, Andrew. A lot of people are out there celebrating, but we got some work to do before we can join them. We got a few. Some key... of us more than others. <laughs> we got a few key bits of news that came out of the recent governor's meetings, and I think we ought to dive in and uh, knock these around a little bit. So let's discuss their impact. How do you feel about the impact of the reduction, projected reduction in size of goalie equipment, which I understand from these meetings, will be in place prior to next season. I'm excited to see more offense uh, reintroduced into the game of hockey. I think it's, it's good for the league uh, as far as uh, increasing its appeal. It's good for everyone, good for the fans. What I like is the fact that we won't hear any talk of the need to increase the size of the nets or make the curved goalposts or further stupefy me with some of the moves that they've made in the last couple of years, read into that. The whole shootout schmazzle. So I'm, <laughs> You're I'm the ex- shootout. You, uh, you hate that shit. I, I hate that. Oh, like, yeah, nah, it's, I use you, a bad word. I'm going to have to bleep that out in post. <laughs> well, your your sentiments are shared at the other end of this uh, conversation, believe <laughs> me. Um, uh, I, I think we're going to definitely see an increase in, in scoring, though some of the top-end goalies who actually initiated this talk of reducing the uh, size of equipment, they think that they're agile enough and good enough to keep things right where they are in terms of goals per game. I don't see that happening. There's no way, no how, that we won't see an increase in goal scoring, and that's going to satisfy people who love the game as much as I do, and I think you as well. Yeah, you know that's 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 just that bluster that you expect, I think, from uh, from the goalies when when they have these sorts of things to say. Oh well, it wasn't the equipment in the first place. It's just that I am such a great athlete, I can stop anything. Well, it'll uh, be so- especially when the the puck happens to catch in the corner of my jersey. <laughs> that's right. You wonder if there's going to be people that are going to be trying to cheat the system that way. It'll be interesting to see how it all. Uh, falls out in the wash but uh, I do expect a spike in scoring and I will lean on offense in my drafts very early on next year as a result Uh, the next issue that came up is talk of the salary cap it always comes up around this time and uh, Gary Bettman was very coy about uh, saying it could stay right where it is it could move up as much as three million so he's calling that a ceiling uh, around 74.3 million dollars is the high end we're going to know more uh, in the next couple of weeks certainly again prior 
to the start of the playoffs is when they're targeting that announcement. And I think that's going to really put some teams in cap jail over the summer. Uh, again, your thoughts, Andrew, uh, and we'll go from there. I, mean, I think there are going to be some teams that really have a lot of money to spend. And, you know, seeing that salary cap rise a little more, I think we're going to see some uh, ill-advised money thrown around this NHL offseason. I, I often look at some of these contracts that the teams sign players to with wonder. Uh, I don't know how good these agents really are, but apparently they are. They have some great agents in the game of hockey, I tell you. Well, and, and they know where the market is. They know who, ha- who will have the money to spend. They'll go after those teams early on to drive up the prices and uh, see if they can uh, be matched by the teams that hold those rights uh, initially. And uh, uh, July 1st, it's going to be a free free for all, and I'll be tuning in all day from some beach chair somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for that Zika. Oh, my God, and bring the copper tone for sure. Well, I guess uh, you guys aren't getting pregnant anytime soon. That's good. No, that's true. <laughs> um, finally, the, the other decision that is pending, and we're going to hear about this one, very, again, very close to the amateur draft, is the expansion plans for the NHL. Andrew, there's a lot of information that came down about this possibility, and uh, we don't know yet if there's one team that's going to come in, which makes no sense to me, or two teams, which makes more sense. At least you can hopefully wind up balancing this, these conferences uh, eventually. And there is still a possibility that no teams make it into this expansion conversation. And that will all take place prior to the 2017-18 season. We don't have to re- really deal with it too much in the short term, but there's some interest, interesting bits of information related to the expansion rosters. Yeah, it's interesting, these... Uh potential rules for an expansion draft uh we may remember previous expansion drafts by how little we remember them <laughs> uh due to the the no-name players who were available to teams that were starting out uh you know back in the, the 90s uh, 80s 90s it was not you know these teams uh you know in the south got just railed uh in these expansion drafts no question and, and were, that's... were awful for a decade because of it Right, and that's one of the areas that they want to they want to address early on in this process, and they want to say we want to give every every opportunity for these expansion teams to be competitive. So we're hearing talks of uh, as few as eight roster protections. Seven skaters and a goalie. Yeah, that, or yeah. eight and no goalie, which I don't think any team should do, pr- quite frankly. And uh, then the Leafs, huh? <laughs> no, that's right. And uh, I'll be most interested in what they do, obviously. But uh, they also have some some ways that uh, teams can protect players. For instance. The players that are on entry-level contracts, that means for the first three years, won't be eligible for these expansion drafts. And also, teams can put players who are on the long-term IR on their rosters out for uh, possible picks. I don't know who would pick on pick those players, but as long as those players are part of 20%, 25% of that salary cap, these teams can load up on those LTIR situations. Again, a team like Toronto can really benefit. I can project a guy like uh, Stefan Robida and or uh, Joffrey Lupel would be much of that 25% uh, with their, their LTIR teams. This is favoring the teams that have big money and providing them with a bit of a loophole. So, again, these things all need to be ironed out. But let's focus so more. You're saying, just to be clear, you're saying yeah. that if you want to keep a guy in this expansion draft, you just have to, you know, maybe break a leg. <laughs> or, yeah, or or make sure you uh, don't sign, don't use anybody that uh, is in the first three years of their deal. So there's lots of players that can be hidden and protected that way. So that eight-player list 
is really not an eight-player list. It's going to be probably more 15, 17, which is what we're used to seeing. And it ties into your comment that we could still see some crappy expansion teams early on. <laughs> well, hopefully, though, they'll be able to get some uh, veteran talent. Uh, you know, the, I assume that they're going to try to put a team in Vegas still. Uh, and I think that, they, you know, they need something to bet on there uh, that's exciting. They can't... Uh, Vegas, hey, loves a winner, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, and you got that leaves me open to conjecture about where does the second team go, and uh, I'm pulling for a Canadian uh, locale like Quebec City. That Andrew, if you've never been up to Quebec City, I it's have. Can- Canada's capital for entertainment and fun and young people milling about. It's it's a great atmosphere there uh, in the wintertime, and putting a hockey team back there would be exceptional in my opinion. The Nordiques part two. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> like Naked Gun Part Two, <laughs> if you ever followed that uh, Net Leslie Nielsen series, which Absolutely. was awesome. Other than that, I think that was uh, wasn't that the Charlie Sheen one that was uh, with the par- oh oh no, I'm blanking on it. Leslie Nielsen was a star of the Naked Gun series. That's, yeah, but Naked Gun Simpson. did like two part two and a half. Uh, Charlie Sheen was in Hot Shots Part Two. Very good. Very yeah. good. There's a few movie references for our fans and listeners <laughs> out there. Uh, let's get into some talk of the playoff races, Andrew. This is probably gonna; these are probably gonna impact some of the player moves, resting players, or maybe some call-ups, or really uh, hammering away with the top six players and top four defensemen. Beginning with the Atlantic Division, Florida, Boston, and Tampa are in a tight, tight three-game, three-team battle. The teams are separated by a handful of points. And uh, how do you see things shaking down between that trio? Well, I think it's going to really go down to the wire, and a lot of it depends on sort of if this Tuka Rask that we're seeing in Boston is the real one. You know, uh, As we know, I, I was it I, did I call Boston for third place in the East uh, think, coming think, into the season? I think you did. I didn't have uh, them in the top five. <laughs> they're sitting in fourth right now, a uh, point behind the Rangers. Uh, took a nice win last night against Anaheim, a very hard-fought game, if I can just bring the Rangers into everything, as usual. <laughs> well, we'll talk about them in a minute, too. I think uh, I think the, the the Panthers had their run. I don't know if they're as good as they were in that stretch of time. I think ultimately, though, uh, it's going to be the Lightning who come up from, from behind them, both and, and uh, retake the division title there with Boston second and Florida third. So I think they're going to flip-flop the current standings. I agree with you on on all three counts. I think Tampa made a decision to go all in and say the heck with the Stamkos sweepstakes and let's not worry about Jonathan Drouin. And they're certainly on on the ice. Their play has reflected that, uh, save for a blip against the Leafs a couple of nights ago. There's been nothing wrong with Tampa, and they look to me like they should be the class of this division. Let's talk about the Rangers in the loop that... uh, is known as the Metropolitan Division. Washington is home and cooled out already, way ahead of the pack, so you can expect them to, to rest uh, their starting goalie, Braden Holpe, a little bit down the stretch, I think, and then uh, Messers, Ovechkin, and Backstrom, and, and the like, uh, probably going to rest some bumps and bruises too. But the Rangers, Islanders, Penguins, and Flyers now are all bunched up by no fewer than seven points between top and bottom there. One of those teams might not even make the postseason. Andrew, I like the Rangers to hold on. I think the team that's in trouble is the Islanders. They've got a bit of a problem in goal with Halak being uh, injured uh, lately and uh, the Penguins buoyed by uh, by their goaltender have become a real factor in this division I think. Yeah you know I'm never worried that the Rangers won't make the playoffs. I think they're pretty solidly in there uh, especially you know seven points ahead of the the Flyers uh, who are lingering there on the the bottom end of the uh, Eastern Conference playoff picture. 
Uh, but the Islanders have a nice advantage over the rest of the, the division in that they've got games at hand on everybody. They've got uh, two games at hand on the Rangers, uh, game in hand on, on uh, Pittsburgh, game in hand on Philadelphia. So they're in a good position from that perspective. And, uh, and Thomas Grice has played well in goal for them. Yeah, but if you're pinning your hopes on Grice, I don't know if I, I can... Uh, not to not to take them on a playoff run, but to get to the playoffs, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, they got a bit of an edge right now, and uh, they hope not to use up that advantage and take advantage of those games in hand, which don't mean a thing unless you capitalize on in terms of points. And so it'll be fun to watch what's going on in that division. Tightly packed group of four teams, and uh, that's the biggest race in terms of the number of clubs that, that are vying for that. But we swing, swing over to the Central Division, and we see the tightest race of all. Three teams at the top. The defending champs are third in this division. The Hawks trail St. Louis and Dallas, who are tied at 91 points. Uh, St. Louis has, has uh, struggled with a bunch of injuries in the last little while, but they've managed to keep up with the, the Stars, who have also uh, surprised with, uh, with their continued excellence all season long, being mostly known as an offensive team. I don't expect that to fly in the playoffs, so there's a bit of a hint on where I'm going in the postseason. Well, the Stars have had uh, their struggles certainly since the All-Star break uh, in terms of giving up. They've given up more goals than any other team since the break. And uh, you look at their last 10 games, 3-4-3, three, and three, not a good situation. Fortunately, uh, they have you know they have a two-game losing streak, but so do the Blues. The, the Blackhawks have lost four in a row. So uh, the net result has been that they really haven't lost any ground, uh, even though the Blues have come up to uh, tie them for first place there. And as far as St. Louis goes, they've really received a boost lately from Jaden Schwartz. You know, this guy missed a long time with injury this year, uh, finally got back, and uh, and is now starting to really get his game into midseason form at, I think, the perfect time for them. And further to that in St. Louis, they're they're expecting to get two of their other uh, stalwarts back in the lineup soon. Alex Steen is skating. He started skating yesterday again. They expect him back in the lineup on the weekend. And Brian Elliott's ready to make it a two-goalie tandem in net, as he expects to play on the weekend as well. So things couldn't look better for the Blues in terms of their chances, and uh, they may be my pick to wind up at the top of this division when all is said and done at the end of the regular season. And that gives them an opportunity to watch the other two teams battle it out in the first round where one of Dallas or Chicago could be right out of the playoffs. Well, one of them will be if they face off against one another, which is almost a tragedy of this playoff format. And the same thing applies in the Pacific Division if we slide over there to see that uh, the three teams in California are separated by no more than five points at the moment. And uh, the L.A. Kings, who were my preseason pick to win the whole thing this year, they've been looking like one of the best teams in the NHL for quite a long time. But Anaheim's zoomed right up behind them, and San Jose, bolstered by a couple of uh, trade deadline deals, is right there as well. This one looks like it's going to be one of those uh, photo finishes, I think, in this division. Yeah, it's interesting, the Western Conference, because it kind of seems like all the playoff spots are basically sewn up in that the top seven are ba- are almost certain not to get displaced. And then you just have Colorado and Minnesota fighting for that eighth spot. Uh, and, and But then those top seven could be shuffled in, in any number of ways, uh, depending on how these last uh, you know, 10 to 13 games shake out. And, and uh, to your point, Colorado and Minnesota seem to be the ones that are vying for that last spot out west. They're separated by a point. And Nashville has a solid hold on the first wild card spot. And in the east, history could be made here because Detroit is behind Philadelphia right now with a 25-year consecutive playoff appearance streak in the balance. Uh, that's, those are going to be two races right at the end of the standings that, that all fans are going to be watching as we head to the finish line. Yeah, I, I do hope that the Red Wings turn things around. And I, it's mostly a selfish hope because I'm a Peter Mrazek owner. I've been, uh, been getting really killed by him lately. Uh, 
for a bunch of uh, really, really tough games, and uh, I think the one or two good games that he did have, I, I benched him for, so it's been a, a real a real nightmare owning Peter Mrazek over the last month. Well, and that's why we have to keep looking at the, the transaction wire and seeing who's being used more uh, and which situations are changing, and that leads us into a bit of a discussion about the most added players around the NHL. I highlighted this guy, Zach Smith, in Ottawa last week, and he uh, there's a note here that he has an injury situation, but all looks good in terms of his ability to continue a hot streak of scoring. He's topped the 20-goal mark, and he's worked his way into top six minutes, and uh, that's accounted for a 12% jump in his ownership this past week. He's now still owned in 31% of leagues. The Ottawa team is a team that plays a run-and-gun style, Andrew, and uh, as long as he gets these top six minutes, I think he's going to get his chances to continue this run. Yeah, I think that's a, a very reasonable uh, guy to pick up. Uh, it certainly makes a ton of sense to see him, his ownership rising here. And uh, it'll probably keep rising a little bit more, uh, maybe toward that 50% mark, although you got to think that it's got a – it tops out somewhere because you can't count on uh, Zach Smith to be a point-per-game kind of guy. Uh, all good things must end. And, yes, and sir. will. And you've highlighted uh, Grice on the island. His his play has uh, resulted in a spike. He's owned in 66% of leagues, but there's a real obvious reason. We talked about the Halak circumstances. I wonder how long we we might project that he's out of the lineup. Andrew, maybe you can shed some light on Grice's situation for us. And similarly, Keith Kincaid with New Jersey. He's replaced their starter who's on the sidelines as well and seen a big spike in his numbers. So we like to highlight the goalie situation a little bit, and I'll defer to you to finish off that topic. Yeah, I mean, we've got Halak basically out for the the rest of the regular season into the postseason. So this is Grace's net right now. Uh, JF Barubi uh, did turn in a nice start yesterday. Uh, looked good there. Uh, turned stopped uh, 33 of 34, but uh, gave up the shootout winner against Pittsburgh. Still, uh, you know, helped them get a point. Uh, although I I wouldn't be counting on Barubi to carry them into the playoffs. Uh, as for Kincaid. You know, he's a guy who I've owned and, and kind of owned as a lottery ticket in case Schneider did go down and he got a job. And and that seemed like it was going to work out until it he started playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four straight starts, not looking good in any yeah, of them. He's given up uh, – I mean, he had one good one against Los Angeles, uh, and he had the shutout against the, uh, the Sharks. But uh, a couple of six-goal disasters and a four-goal disaster – uh, some really ugly games from Kincaid, and, uh, and it's making it awful hard to rely on him for fantasy purposes. But, you know, still starting goalie down the stretch here. Uh, no surprise to see the ownership trending up. And uh, on the island, they made waves attra- uh, attracting Nick Letty into their roster at the start of last season. He's one of the... Uh, big movers too despite the fact he's now owned in 81 percent of leagues there's still 19 percent out there he's back to where he was uh, projected to be uh one of the guys running the point on the power play and playing a lot of minutes on the island this team desperately needs him he'll be playing a ton of minutes the rest of the way yeah it's come all of a sudden for letty although he uh was pointless in the last three games before that he had a stretch of 17 and 16 so i think his fantasy owners will probably forgive him for uh these last few and uh, expect him to get back on the score sheet soon. He's been dishing it uh, with great 
I don't know. Precision. Let's go with precision. How about regularity? Yeah, why not? <laughs> There's a good word, too. Uh, another guy who is really uh, loading up the offense finally, but it might be too late to help his team, is Alex Galchenyuk. He has no fewer than five multi- multi-point games in his last 12 starts and is really rolling first-line center, working with Max Pacioretty for a Montreal team that is going nowhere. So it'll be just a matter of watching to see if this guy can continue in that environment. Uh, they got nothing left to play for, so uh, he, might, he might be thinking all in one direction and finally living up to some of the uh, press clippings that preceded his debut in the NHL. He's finally looking like he's made it. Yeah, obviously a former number three pick uh, back in 2012. Not a former number three pick. I, I Honestly, I hate when people say that if I can go on a diversion yeah. uh, to criticize myself. <laughs> in this instance. I'm not piling on. I'm I hate when on. people say, uh, oh, he's a former fourth-round pick. No, he didn't stop being a fourth-round pick. He was still a, he's still a fourth-round pick. He's a fourth-round pick that year. In any case, uh, Alex Galchenyuk, obviously, uh, turning into a star in the league. I think the, the breakout is real. The talent is superb. It's just too bad that he plays on a Montreal team that really has very little else going for it. I wonder if these sirens outside are going to make it into this recording. <laughs> We'll see. A trio of Florida Panthers, Andrew, are up next. They've all uh, increased. They're still, still in the 55 to 65 percent ownership range. Uh, Vincent Trocek, Juicy Jokinen, and uh, Riley Smith all have been uh, contributing greatly to their offense as top six players. They get a really nice matchup against the Leafs. Uh, Marley's team that's uh, filled in for most of the Leaf roster tonight. If in case you're looking to load up on any rosters, we'll get to our our FanDuel picks later in the broadcast. But uh, th- that trio of guys, all pretty good value right now, I think, in fantasy and all uh, mar- marginally owned, I'll say, in the fantasy space. Yeah, Churchek's a longtime favorite of mine, going back to the prospect days. Uh, Smith's another guy that I that I happen to own. Uh, so I've been very happy to see the the breakout down there in Florida. They've really become uh, sort of a, a model organization in a lot of ways. But uh, I think it's about that time every okay. broadcast where uh, we like to tell you guys, you sweet, sweet listeners, about rotowire.com slash pod. You can get yourself a free 10-day subscription to Rotowire. Check out all of our amazing content. Got a... Uh, Still, still baseball draft season. I, you know, I've been uh, riding those auction values hard. Uh, I actually have a, if I can go on a tangent because this is what I do. <laughs> I have, I'm gonna have two auctions at the same time uh, in a couple of weeks. That's gonna be a. And you're not gonna auto draft? No, no, I don't auto draft. Atta boy, that's my boy. Auto draft. <laughs> uh, at least uh, the the one is a few hours before the other one, so it'll be on the back end, so I can miss all the value, guys. It'll be great. Oh, but going back to rotowire.com slash pod, if you happen to have three auction drafts at the same time, maybe even four auction drafts at the same time, you just pop open a few uh, browser tabs, get yourself some auction values individually crafted for each of those leagues. Rotowire.com slash pod. Check it out. Beautiful. Uh, let's swing over to some injury updates that will have a high impact down the stretch. Uh, first two guys won't even be expected to play much. Uh, Evgeny Malkin and and uh, Marianne Gabrick, they're looking like neither one of them, I, both of them has played their last regular season game, Andrew. Yeah, that's a, a big hit for Pittsburgh. Not not quite as big a hit for the Kings, certainly. I think we can all agree that Evgeny Malkin's game at this point in his career is a lot better than Marianne Gabrick's. But uh, a, a really tough blow for the Penguins, uh, but at the same time, kind of one that might be good for them. 
you know, it, it forces them to play a little bit less of a, a high-flying game. It forces them to be a little bit more dis- defensively responsible. And that's always been the area when, you know, they get to the playoffs, and then all of a sudden the defense falls apart, the goaltending falls apart, the, the tightness of the Penguins game tends to fall apart in the postseason. And so maybe this is a, a good thing for them, so to really let them uh, bear down and and uh, hopefully improve in that category. Well, and then there's a curious situation in Chicago. I'll say curious because I'm a little concerned about the lack of information around Corey Crawford. He's not traveling with the Hawks on their trip to Winnipeg, and his status will be updated later in the week, we're told. If he's out for any length of time, that's going to cost the Hawks big time down the stretch, and they definitely will be in a tough first-round matchup. Yeah, they're going to have to hope that Scott Darling can recapture that uh, the late-season magic from last year. Because if not, they're going to be in a really bad place if Corey Crawford has to miss extended time. You know, he'd uh, struggled in his last couple of starts. Maybe a portent of an injury that he was trying to play through could be that he's got some, you know, he's got some sort of upper body ailment. That's all we know about it right now. Klingberg in uh, Dallas, John Klingberg, I'll get that name right, first time out of the shoot instead of like other weeks. He's back in the lineup for the next game, we understand, likely on the weekend, Andrew. And that means that Alex Goligoski owners will probably take a bit of a hit because Goligoski did an exceptional job quarterbacking the power play and logging extra minutes in Klingberg's absence. But now we we have Klingberg back in there. He's going to be dialed into his usual role and we expect him to pick up where he left off, assuming all things are, are go for him. So uh, that's a situation to watch the impact on both of those players uh, as we go down the stretch. Yeah, the, the Stars have definitely been missing Klingberg since they lost him uh, a few games ago. He's missed five straight so far uh, and uh, sitting out tonight. But but as you say, back this weekend, uh, they, they need him. The Dallas has been just brutal on the blue line, even with uh, Chris Russell uh, in the fold there. Yeah, and then another power play linchpin is out of the lineup still in Arizona. Oliver ekman Larson is one of the only reasons to watch this team as they play out the string. The rookies, uh, that story's kind of fizzled out as well. Their production has kind of lagged over the last little while. So they're missing out. As with, someone predicted. Yes, you got that right. And uh, it's not uncommon for some of these first-year first, uh, first year players to kind of hit a wall at the 50- or 60-game mark when the serious shooting really ramps up and play, playoff intensity almost enters into every single game. So he's out still, and that's a tremendous blow for, for his owners because he's one of the top goal scorers and point producers on the blue line around the league. So a big hit there in, in Arizona. There's nobody on that roster that's going to pick up that slack, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you can talk about Kevin Kinnott and you can talk about Michael Stone. Uh, there's no one quite like Oliver ekman Larson for this team. And uh, we really don't know when he's going to be back. All we have from Dave Tippett most recently is he's not quite there yet. He's That's not, right. He's not quite there yet. <laughs> we talked about Brian Elliott's expected return in St. Louis, so we won't repeat ourselves there. But closer to where you live, Jake Voracek, still out uh, with a lower body injury, but our notes say that he's resumed skating and could play on the weekend. And uh, that's great news for Flyer fans because their team has really closed the gap on a playoff spot and uh, needs this guy in there as soon as possible to continue that run. Yeah, Voracek will be a huge boost for the Flyers, uh, which doesn't make me happy as you know, a Rangers fan trapped here in Philadelphia. I shouldn't say trapped. I love living in Philadelphia. <laughs> We're trapped with all these Flyers fans who only, you may have noticed, uh, only just discovered that the Flyers are actually playing this year. 
<laughs> well, they've been rising uh, the, the ownership of the Eagles and the Phillies for years, so now they've got to take a look back and see, oh, there is one team that, in our city that's po- pro- possibly going to make the playoffs. So they've got something to cheer for in the, in the city of brotherly love. Uh, one final note that uh, hits close to home for us as Rotowire employees, Andrew, and that is uh, with in Toronto with Leo Komarov's lower body injury, it makes room for yet another NHL debut in, in Leafland as highly regarded Connor Brown Actually, he's the cousin of our uh, buddy Jason Brown, who works at Rotowire. He makes his NHL debut tonight, and uh, I couldn't be happier for Jason. He's going to try and find a way to tune it in, uh, but I'm going to be happy to watch it at home and see whether he can have a solid debut for the Maple Leafs, uh, another highly regarded prospect there. Well, that's great. Yeah, Brown's really made good on uh, you know not having being a pedigree guy, uh, sixth-round draft pick uh, back in 2012. Uh, then he put up 128 points in his last junior season. Uh, 61 points in his first AHL season has uh, has had this season limited by uh, injury, but uh, but he's a very interesting prospect for the Leafs as they continue to rebuild. And Andrew, it's worth noting that for all these updates and more, you need to bookmark RotoWire's NHL lineups page, which I happily take part in updating on a regular basis every day with the most current roster news and trends that you'll find anywhere related to hockey on the web. But let's swing over to our uh, weekly attempt at FanDuel, where we'll pitch our lineups against one another and, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, give our best advice. Are we tracking this, by the way? We should go back and see how we do, or, or should we? <laughs> I, think, I, th- I think we ought to, just for fun. As you know, you can go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and use the code RWPOD to sign up now. There's a special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. That's over $60 in value for just $25 if you sign up with the promo code RWPOD. So let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I know we've got some uh, different choices here as usual. We agree on one guy. We'll We'll get to that. Uh, we had a little bit of a preview here uh, before the show. So uh, talk to me. Who do you like in goal tonight? All right. I'm going to pick. I always look for the easiest win on the board. The Leafs have won three out of four. They're still the worst team in the league. So who's playing at the other end of the rink? That's none other than Roberto Luongo. He, you'll have to pay for him. He's 8400 bucks. But uh, Roberto and the, and the Panthers really need this game, and they're not going to take a misstep in T.O. I look for this to potentially be a, a one goal or even a shutout for uh, Roberto. So I'll, I'll pay the big bucks there. That makes good sense. Uh, I, I'm trying to save some money, and I saw, as I looked at the, the goalie starters today, a very appealing Matt Murray uh, getting the start in place of Marc-Andre Fleury, the workhorse, getting a day off, uh, enjoying a home start against a, a weak opponent in Carolina. Uh, really like what Matt Murray's been able to do so far, uh, 934 save percentage in six games uh, this year. He's a, been a good prospect coming up. I think uh, 6,600, you're really getting uh, your money's worth there. Well, and uh, if you look at the defense score, I'm going to show you a guy that I would bet on every time he's playing. I don't care what the price tag is on Brent Burns. He's leading the league in scoring for defensemen. He's poured almost 300 shots on goal. Those are both categories that are very big in in the FanDuel setup for scoring. So that's an easy pick for me, and I'm surprised that he's only 8200 bucks. I say only because that's still quite a stipend, but I'd be willing to pay more to get that guy into my lineup. And to balance that, I look at a guy who I've talked about in the past, Ryan Suter. He's at 4600 bucks. That's an incredibly low price for a guy who plays half the game every game. He suits up, and he gets that uh, set, backup goalie in the opposite net. Uh, so I like his chances to get some points for us tonight as well. Hey, Kincaid's a starting goalie now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still I, uh, number two. 
I did consider a suitor there. Uh, instead, I went with the identically priced Aaron Ekblad, who worked out for me last week, scored a goal for me. He's got that tasty matchup you talk about in Toronto tonight. Uh, and uh, Aaron Ekblad, I think, uh, never a, a bad guy to roll out at a price. And on the other side, I went more expensive, again, taking advantage of that Pittsburgh-Carolina matchup that uh, should be fruitful, rolling out one Chris Letang. Uh, when, when he's healthy, there's uh, not a lot of better defensemen to have in your lineup. I'll take the discount over Burns to letting me sneak some other guys into my lineup. That's where I'm going. All right. What about in the middle of the ice, Andrew? Let's swing back to you for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing two centers tonight who are actually playing on the same line uh, because Tyler Sagan is uh, playing right wing alongside Jason Spezza and Valeri Nichushkin for the Stars t- uh, tonight, uh, home against the Lightning. Uh, Sagan, I... You know, obviously the stars have not quite been the same lately, but uh, Sagan really coming in a, a value price uh, at 6,800, uh, a lot less than you would expect to pay for a player of his caliber, a lot less than you're paying for Jamie Ben if you want to roll him out tonight. So, uh, and Spezza, his line mate, uh, bidding on that coming along, 6,300, uh, I think a very reasonable price for a guy who's going to see uh, really good minutes in a really good situation tonight. Yeah, I think in that game, there the prices are a little lower just because of the quality of the defense that uh, Tampa can offer. Overall team sure, defense, that sure. team's been keeping the puck out of that with regularity. So good offense meets good defense. It's going to be interesting what wins there. We know what they say about football. We'll see if it applies to hockey. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of my picks, I got Henrik Zetterberg and Joe Thornton. I went for the venerable veterans today in these matchups. Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe has been one of the top scorers uh, in hockey in the s- second half of the season. Comes in at 6600 bucks. I already told you, I don't think much of what's going on in Arizona in the last part of the schedule. So I think Joe could have a big night in the desert. And then Zetterberg is playing uh, high high stakes games for Detroit, and he's going to be playing a ton of minutes against a Columbus team that's really suspect defensively and in goal. And I think his $5,400 price tag is pretty low considering those uh, factors. I'm with you on that. Uh, I like that. Uh, I've got the other end of a, a couple of these matchups that we've been talking about uh, on the wings. Uh, I've got a left wing. I'm rolling out Boone Jenner on the other side of that Detroit-Columbus matchup at $5,900. Uh, Detroit... You know, has been a sieve lately defensively. Uh, Jenner has not been great, but when he has scored, he's tended to put up multi-point games, which, uh, you know, you chase that upside. And uh, on the other side uh, of the Tampa-Dallas game, I'm rolling out Nikita Kucherov uh, back in the lineup uh, after uh, avoiding a scary situation uh, with a, yeah. a, a really a bad hit there. Um that we won't talk about for now. Uh, it, I assume it's going to be in your rant of the week. It seems like every bad, bad hit ends up in your rant of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm, may surprise you. I've got another one that's closer to home, for uh, me, but that's later. Dalton Kraut doesn't make the... Something is... There, there are, there's a very strange sound happening in my house right now, I have to say. Uh, I really can't explain... Uh, some of the noises that are sounds, going on here. Sounds like some forks are dropping from your cupboard or something. It seems like glasses dropping from the skies. I don't know what's going on. But uh, <laughs> while, while we're mixing and matching all the wings, uh, I'm going to mention my other left winger here. That's uh, Eric Stahl, who I'm rolling out of 5,500. The Rangers, I thought, played a great game last night. I think Stahl was one of the, the key portions of that. Uh, he really... Played a, an outstanding game last night. It was a big reason that they came away with that uh, win, a very difficult win, as I mentioned, in Anaheim. And, uh, you know, it's a second of back-to-backs, but uh, I'm feeling good about rolling the veteran out there. 
Well, and uh, in terms of my left wing, I went with uh, Scott Hartnell, $5,000. I think that's good value in this matchup against Detroit. It seems Columbus gives Detroit a bit of trouble over the last couple of years. Uh, that series, season series has been heavily skewed in Columbus's favor. They got the wings at home. He comes in at five grand, and he's one guy that Detroit may have a tough time corralling because he plays a very physical game, as you well know, and Detroit really doesn't do that. So that's why I'm kind of looking at this as a really good value pick for me. And uh, I, ca- I, count, uh, I add to that Andrej Palat, who's playing first-line minutes with a, a really focused Steve Stamkos, and I really like that the way that line's playing. And uh, for 6300 bucks, I think they're going to be in counterattack mode against Dallas. And I look for Tampa to upset the Stars tonight, and Palat and uh, Stamkos will be a big part of that, in my opinion. To finish it up, on the right wing, I have uh, we have one agreement, so we'll stay away from that one for a moment. I've got Kyle Palmieri at forty nine hundred bucks. He's been superb uh, for the for the Devils most of the season, being a really surprise contributor, and that surprise reflects his forty nine hundred dollar value. He's at home against the Minnesota Wild, not a team that's noted for running up big scores. So I think he's going to get some chances to put the puck in the net. And uh, I'll leave you to introduce your right winger, and then we'll talk about the guy we agree. Yeah, I mentioned my right winger already, actually. It's uh, oh. Kucherov uh, oh, catching the other side of that Tampa-Dallas matchup. But, yeah, let's go into the one that we both love. Um, this is a, a longtime favorite of mine. Uh, it's Tyler Toffoli, 5,600. Uh, the Rangers have not been the best team defensively of late, I'll admit, uh, although they played a really tight game last night. Still, overall, they've been they've been known to give up some goals lately. Henrik Lundqvist has not exactly been uh, a brick wall lately. Uh, the the Kings know how to play the Rangers still. A lot of these guys, uh, although although not to fully, uh, you know, know the Rangers from uh, the the Stanley Cup Finals uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, the the kid is just good. Yeah, and he's leading the, the club in goal scoring. So for fifty six hundred dollars, this is an easy pick, and it's no wonder that we agreed on it, Andrew. So uh, he's good to go tonight, and I think he'll be very very productive uh, in that opportunity. Hopefully, not too productive. <laughs> I just want him to be a little productive. <laughs> All right, let's uh, swing over to our uh, stud of the week and our rant of the week. Andrew, I, I tend to look now at see who's producing and why. And this guy could be a surprise entry in, in a lot of fantasy drafts because I don't think he's overly highly owned. But you look at what he's doing. Michael Froelich in Calgary leads all scorers in the past seven days with seven points. Uh, multiple uh, scoring efforts in a couple of those games as well. His performance, I'm finding, is typical of what can happen when some teams fall out right out of the playoff race. Players on some of these non-contending clubs are likely to play better as they're free of the pressures of the playoff race, read European players most often in, in that circumstance, and possibly more interested in padding their own stats. So for league's te- team in uh, Calgary... A little, a little bit of xenophobia that we throw in here. Exactly. Uh, Call it the Trump those, side of me coming those out. Those Euros. <laughs> the Trump side of me They're coming out. They're all soft. For league's <laughs> team in Calgary likes to play a run-and-gun style, and, he's paid, and they pay less attention defensively, uh, night in, night out, and maybe that accounts for why they're on the outside of these playoffs looking in. But he uh, and a bunch of other players uh, will be guys that will light it up in the next couple of weeks just because they're free of the playoff pressures. Yeah, Froelich is a guy where it really it just comes out of nowhere. Seven points in three games, uh, the hat trick followed up by the three-point game last night against Winnipeg. You know, this, this these are one of those things that you just can't, you can't predict. You never see it coming. Uh, from but, a guy like this. 
But you got to ride the horse when he's going. So you I think this horse is going to keep going. No, but I mean, you got to give him, I give him my props as the stud of the week last week. Let's say the that. stud of last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in terms of the rant of the week, I told you this one is closer to home for me than you. Quite simply stated, no Canadian content is expected in this postseason. In terms of the teams that qualify, all seven Canadian teams will be on the outside looking in. The closest right now to the playoffs is Ottawa. They're six points out, and I think nobody in the Canadian capital really thinks they have a reasonable chance. Only once in the league's history has this ever happened, Andrew, in 1970, when the league had only 12 teams, and of those, only Toronto and Montreal qualified for that. What do they do? What do they do in Canada when no Canadian teams make the? I mean, I guess you're going to find out. What do they do when no Canadian teams make the playoffs? Do they watch the American teams play? Does anyone care? Oh, I think there's a lot of interest in the postseason here. It's still a big deal, uh, night in, night out. It's just going to be a bit of a, a blow to the ratings. And really, a corporation like Rogers Communications, which is the 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 equivalent of uh, Fox ownership in the states to uh, hockey rights i'll say they they sunk five billion dollars <laughs> to lock up the canadian broadcast rights for the next five years and they are absolutely bleeding right now so to give you a perspective on the bright side they get to save on production costs well they do but that's a, that's a nickel for every thousand dollars i'll say let's see uh, so to give you perspective, Andrew, uh, considering how major American, consider how major American broadcasters like Fox or ESPN would watch Wretch and Gag, rather, if the World Series was played exclusively outside the United States. I mean, I, I hear expansion is coming and the MLB will return to Montreal and uh, they would probably die, uh, the executives of, of those major networks, if the, the Expos part de play the Blue Jays in a World Series. Oh, the Expos Blue Jays World Series? Yeah, raising the profile of baseball in Canada forever. Absolutely. I mean, it's pretty high profile now with the Jays, uh, a contender this year in the majors as well. But, of course, being the hockey fan that I am, I'll still be watching the postseason, and I'm not. I'm sure a bunch of Canadians will too. But I think I'm going to augment that by uh, going back to my CD shelf and pulling out the 92-93 uh, World Series wins by the Blue Jays. Whoa, whoa, be quiet. We're in Philadelphia here. <laughs> Say hi to Mitch for me. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, that's, uh, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thanks again for your great contribution. Uh, it's always fun to do this thing with you. Rotowire's hockey podcast, the great ones. For Andrew Fiorentino, I'm Paul Bruno, thanking you all for giving us a listen and inviting you to come back to catch the next episode of our show next week. So long, everybody.